0: Today, on Grace to the Hearers, with Pastor Eric Kluth.
1: War is the worst of times. But in these times, where do we turn to? Where do we turn to? Because here's the reality, you guys. You and I, we all face wars. We all face battles in our everyday life. But where do we we run? Who do we place our faith? Who do we place our trust into? during these struggles we all face wars and see the thing is is i think we'd probably all rather not face them i think we'd all choose hey i'll take the peace treaty
0: pastor eric asks us how do you find joy in the middle of a struggle when your world is caving in on all sides is it possible to still have peace and strength yes it is happiness is dependent on circumstances joy is not it's something that's inside of you and gives you strength to move on when you don't have the strength on your own. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of First Samuel chapter three verse one for today's study.
1: So we're gonna be in Judges chapter three, verses one through six. I titled the message A Time to Shine. And last time we met you guys, we learned that there was a new a new generation in town, a new generation of Israelites who have been raised up. And this new generation of Israelites was unfaithful to God. But nevertheless, God was faithful to Israel. The Lord had compassion on his people when they cried out, And when they cried out because, uh, they would cry out because of the people of the land would oppress them and and, and take things from them and treat them poorly, they would cry out to God, oh God help us, and God would raise up judges during this time to deliver the children of Israel and to, uh, to free them from their oppressors. Yet Israel would not change their hearts. Even after being delivered, they would not change their hearts. See, they played the harlot. They would go and bow down to other gods. They turned quickly from the ways that their fathers followed. Th- their fathers were obedient, and we've been learning that in the first couple chapters of Judges. They, the followers that were with Joshua, they worshipped and they praised God. Even to the point after Joshua was dead, they continued until that generation had passed. They were worshiping the Lord. But this generation that came after them did not. They did not follow the ways that their fathers followed. They would turn and bow down to the gods of the, of the people of the land. And so as God, though, would raise up these judges to save the people because God said that, you know what, if you're not going to follow my ways, the people of the land will become a thorn to you. Their ways will be a trap for you. And so that trap, the Israelites sure enough fell into those traps and then they cry out. But these judges that God raised up would deliver them from them but then when the judge died, guess what the children of Israel would do? They would revert backwards and they would act even more corruptly than they did before they cried out to God. Does that make any sense to anybody? No. I don't understand it. But that's what they did. See, Israel at this time would give God lip service. They would cry out in times of emergency. Oh, God, help us. We have fallen, and they're treating us poorly. Please help us, God. Where are you at? And God being compassionate and a God of love, he would deliver them. But again, it was just a lip service. They were just crying out because they didn't want to be in trouble. This is a great eye-opener to believers To those who say that they follow the Lord. Because in times, uh, when do we call on God? Is it only in times of emergency? And then do we then revert back to what we were doing before? See, as I have mentioned before, you guys, God is not here to serve us. We're here to serve Him. See, we need to stop treating God like He's a genie in a bottle. Oh God, please help me with this. I'm in trouble right now. Yes, we need to go to God in all times, but he's not a genie in the bottle. We are here to serve him, him, him alone. And because of this heart that Israel had would just cry out to God during times of trouble, God became angry with the children of Israel. God said in chapter 2, verse 21, it should be on the screen, it says, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died. God said, you know what, because of this wickedness in your heart, of you really truly want to follow these false gods, I'm not going to drive out the inhabitants of the land. No more. Not quickly. And so tonight we will look at why God left these nations in the land. So we're going to read verses 1 through 6 and then come back through it. It says this in chapter 3, verse 1. Now these are the nations which the Lord left, that he might test Israel by them. That is, all who had not known any of the wars in Canaan. This was only so that the generation of children of Israel might be taught to know war, at least those who had not formerly known it. Namely, five lords of the Philistines and all the Canaanites, the Sidians and the Hivites who dwelt in Mount Lebanon from Mount Baal Hermon from the entrance of Hamath. Verse 4. And they were left... That he might test Israel by them, to know whether they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. Thus the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Verse 6, And they took their daughters to be their wives, and gave their daughters to their sons, and they served their gods. Why did God leave the nations in the land? Well, the text tells us that he was going to leave them in the land to test Israel. He was going to leave them in the land to test Israel. It also tells us that God left these nations to teach warfare to those who had not yet experienced war. Now, looking at the testing part, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when somebody says, test? You start to freak out. Maybe I do, because I didn't like tests. Right? Or you say, oh great, a test. This is not going to be a good thing. Take yourself back into school days, you guys. Tests were terrible. No test. No, just kidding. We don't like naturally tests. But what is the purpose of testing? Well, I'll tell you. A test is a procedure intended to establish the quality, performance, or reliability of something before it is taken into widespread use. See, before anything is used like product-wise, don't you think that they test those things? Oh, we're just going to come up with this brand new spray bottle uh, that cleans carpets, but we're not going to test it on anything. Here, put it on the shelves for $9.99, you know? Oh, and when you spray it on your carpet, it turns it blue. We didn't know that because we didn't test it. No, things get tested, okay, before they get used. Okay, so for example... I hope you guys can follow me on this, but this is just the way I'm thinking. Car wax, okay? Now, there's a lot of different car waxes available, okay? There's a lot of different car waxes that you can buy. Now, waxing a car or truck, this is a big deal, because it takes like three to six hours to put the wax on, to buff it out, to really get that shine back. It takes a long time. Now, when you buy wax, what is the whole purpose of buying wax? Well, one, to protect your paint, but also, really, what, you, what are you really trying to achieve here? The showroom shine. The showroom shine. Okay? Now, you will spend a lot of effort, and you'll do a lot of things uh, to get that showroom shine. Maybe, some of you. Okay, so this is a big decision, And I will stand at the aisle of the wax sometimes when I'm getting ready, when I do wax my car. And I look at all the different bottles of wax, and I'm like, okay, this one looks good. This one says it fills scratches. This one, you know, will bring back the paint, all right. You know, and I look at all these different waxes, and I'm trying to find out what is the best wax. I'm looking at all the new kinds of waxes, and I'm hoping that these waxes will be good, as probably be better than the wax that I used before because I want that showroom shine on my car. And so before... This has a purpose, okay? Before I wax my car, before I invest that three hours, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to... Well, wash it. Okay, you guys are car washers. Good. (laughs) I'm going to test the wax. And I'm not going to take the wax to a good part of my car. I want to see what it does in the dull area the rough area I want to see how it brings back because once I see that that's going to make me bubble over with joy because I'm like oh yeah this thing's coming back to life okay so you're going to test it and you're going to test that area that is faded because you want to see if the manufacturer is faithful to their commitment like you know shine pro 400 that will bring back the faded paint right and restore it to showroom quality Well, there is no Shine Pro 400, but there is a lot of different products out there that you can try and test. So you want to test and see if the product you purchase is a quality product. If it's not reliable, you guys, what are you going to do with it? You're going to put it back on the shelf in the garage, and you're not going to use it because it did not pass the test. God was going to test the Israelites He was going to test this generation of Israelites because he wanted to see if they would be faithful and obedient to him. He wanted to see if this new generation was going to follow his ways and keep his ways and do his ways. In fact, look at what God said in chapter 2, verse 22. So that through them I may test Israel, whether they keep the ways of the Lord, to walk in them as their fathers kept them, or not. God wanted to see if this generation was going to be faithful to him. And God had this new generation before him and they wanted to, again, just to see, are you going to walk in my ways? So guess how God was going to test them, you guys? Through war. He was going to test them through war. He was going to see and see again their faithfulness to him, but not only test them, but he would teach them during this time as well. And if you look back at the generation before this one, weren't they warriors? Weren't they warriors, guys? They had some mighty battles on the east side of the Jordan and then on the west side of the Jordan. You guys recall the, the city of Jericho, the walls coming down. In fact, these battles that were so huge, but they were faithful to God that God went before them and conquered these huge battles. You guys remember in Joshua how he, would, he sent those hailstones onto the enemy? And not only did he do that, but then he stopped the sun and so that the, Joshua and the army could fight against the enemies. Why did God do that? Because they were faithful to him. They obeyed the ways that God gave Moses, and that Moses gave to Joshua, and Joshua passed it along to that generation. God fought the battles because they were faithful to God. And so now Joshua's gone, and most of the people are gone, and now he wants to see if this new generation would trust in him. And so he's going to test them with war. He wanted to test their faithfulness. Now, looking at war, I personally have never experienced war. I played it when I was a kid. In fact, my wife laughed at me the other day because I'm going to play paintball this weekend. And I'm like, yeah, it's just like playing war when you're a kid, you know? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But I've never been in war. But war, you guys, is combat. It's fighting. It's bloodshed. It's struggle and conflict. War is not a happy time. War is a time of pain, suffering, crying, wounds, loss, darkness, loneliness, and separation. War is the worst of times. But in these times, where do we turn to? Where do we turn to? Because here's the reality, you guys. You and I, we all face wars. We all face battles in our everyday life. But where do, we, where do we run? Who do we place our faith? Who do we place our trust into during these struggles? We all face wars. And see, the thing is, is I think we'd probably all rather not face them. I think we'd all choose, hey, I'll take the peace treaty. I'd rather take the peace. And that's what our world does today, right? If you look at the leaders of the nations today, even in time of, uh, in time of war, what are the ambassadors doing? hey, let's do a peace treaty together. We need peace. But God allows these wars in our lives to test us, to see if we're going to remain faithful to him. And here he uses wars and he teaches us how to go through the battles. And when war comes in your life, you guys got to understand that God is testing you. The battles that are coming your way, it's a, it's a test from God, and He's testing us, and He wants to see if we're faithful to Him. He wants to see if you're going to trust in Him. And I think that so many times we can get this understanding of like, oh, I'm going through this huge battle right now. This, it's just crazy. Why is God doing this? Is He out to get me? Is He trying to, is he trying to just be, make my life miserable? Well, i got to say No i got to say, because we're going through this time of trouble and trial and battle, I believe that God is trying to train us. Train us? Oh yes. Train us. See, war trains us to rely on the Lord in all things. See, as we've been learning through our study, and I'm sure as you guys study the Word, God is faithful in all things. God is faithful in all things. Now, that means that He is faithful... In times of pain, he is faithful in times of struggling, times of darkness, loneliness, and suffering. But don't you think on the flip side that God is going to be faithful in the good times? Sure he is, because God is faithful. And we need to learn always, in every moment of our life, to rely and seek God. And to follow and walk in his ways. Now... Look at Psalm 105, 4. It says, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Always includes bad and good. But it's hard to be trained in this area without going through hard times. Think if your life was just rosy from here on out. You accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and everything is just going to be perfect. Would you really rely on the Lord? You'd be pretty like, I'm on cruise control. This is fine. Life is good. I don't have to do anything else. But as long as we are living on this earth, we are going to face trials. We're going to face battles. And we need to seek him in the good times and in the bad times and remain faithful to him and do his ways and to walk in those ways. We have to be obedient in all things. See, James tells us in James 1, 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so in time of battles, we hear people always say, Well, just count it all joy, brother. Count it all joy. But you don't have to be happy during this time. That's not what that verse is meaning, right? Oh, On the contrary, that is what it is saying. Joy is happiness. Joy is happiness. I've heard it a lot of times, you know, from different pastors saying, it's just being remaining and, and understanding, and you don't have to be happy about this. But God's word says to count it all joy and to be happy during these times. And what is happiness? What does being happy mean? It means being content with the situation. The only way you can be joyful or happy in times of war is by walking in the ways of the Lord. Trusting in Him, knowing that God is fighting the battle. And so I guess you don't have to walk around with a smile on your face, but you can be content in your heart. You can be content in your heart that God is doing a work and that you're going to continue to maintain His ways and do His ways in all things. And so how many of us let God, you know, fight the battle for us in the times of war? I mean, because being happy is knowing that God is fighting for us. How many times do we let God fight the battle? We see war, and we see the outcomes of war, and we feel defeated. But how many of us just step back and say, you know what? I'm content with this situation, and I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be joyful that God's got this under control and that God is going to fight this battle for me. See, Proverbs 21:31, uh, it says the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. And so when we face wars, we face battles, but the victory belongs to who, gang? The Lord. We can be ready for these things just as the horse is ready for battle, but really who is is the horse winning the battle? No. It's God who's winning the battle. And knowing that war will happen, being faithful to the Lord is the key. It's the key to success. Letting him fight for you. And see, the cool thing is, God, is is God will fight for you. He wants us to be faithful in times of battle because he wants us to know that he is fighting for us. Just put your trust in me, son or daughter. Just trust in me. I'm going to do this. And because you are faithful, guess what? If you're faithful to God, God will use you beyond your imagination. He will use you beyond your imagination. Even in times of struggle, if you just surrender it, God will use you in the situation beyond your imagination. Jesus said in Luke, he says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And so God is saying, you know, be faithful. If you're faithful with the small, then you'll have much. And it applies into our lives. It applies in the times of battle too in war. You know what? I'm going to be faithful to God and trust that he's going to take care of this and God will do a mighty work. You're being faithful to him. He's going to use that faithfulness. And so when God tests you in a small area, know that he wants to use you for a large area. In those times of battle, don't look at it like woe is me, but yes, God, what are you getting ready to do with me? But he needs to see if you'll be faithful. You know, I think of maybe putting yourself into the, as the wax. And if wax could think, which it can't. Didn't know if you guys knew that. The wax sees that faded area of the car. Oh, I can't do that. Do you know how much rubbing is going to be involved in this? Pushing, scrubbing. You're going to take that power buffer and to me, which brings heat. I don't want to go through that. And same thing in our lives. We see the battle before us, and we see how hard it's going to be, and we don't know if we want to be faithful and let God take control. And we don't know if we want to continue to walk in His ways. But maybe God is just seeing if we're going to bring the shine. If we're going to bring the shine that He wants us to bring. So if if he brings the shine, if he's faithful and he continues in my ways and walks in my ways, the shine will come out. And then, guess what? I'm going to use him for something so much bigger than this to bring more shine for me. See, God wanted to use Israel. He wanted them to shine for his glory. But guess what, guys? This generation chose not to shine. They chose not to be faithful. But here's the cool thing about our God. He always seems to come back to us. He always seems to come back to us, even if we've been put back up on the shelf. Have you guys ever felt like you've been put back up on the shelf because there was a time of not being faithful to God? And you're just like, oh, I blew it. I knew that I was supposed to shine for him in this time, but I blew it. I didn't do it. Oh, I'm just going to sit up on the shelf, and God's done with me, you know? You're just sitting there like, boo-hoo. But God, being a merciful God and a just God, guess what he does? He, he and a gracious God. He's gracious. He comes back to that shelf. Man, this one, I think this one's going to really bring out a shine again. I'm going to bring it down, and I'm going to apply it again to this hard area. He gives us another chance. He gives us time, another opportunity to shine for him, for letting us trust back into him and letting us let him do his ways in our lives praise God for that. He gives us opportunity to shine.
0: You've been listening to Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Cluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Calvary Chapel Coolidge, can be downloaded from our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number is 520-723-7047. We are so blessed by the technology that we have these days. Most of us have numerous versions of the Bible, now with mobile technology. We have the Bible right on our phones and tablets. Grace to the Hearers is available in podcast format. Simply log on to gracetothehearers.com and follow the links to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast, or simply search for Grace to the Hearers in the iTunes store. Again, our web address is www.gracetothehearers.com. Finally, we'd like to ask that you prayerfully consider helping us continue to expand the radio ministry of Grace to the Hearers. You can do so by securely donating a gift of any amount at gracetothehearers.com. Just click on the donate button. Now please place a marker in your Bibles and make plans to join us again. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges, right here on Grace to the Hearers.